Production. Recorded live. Welcome to the John and Paul Radio Show, brought to you by AdventuresInMinistry.com. Go to the website and also download the free app. We had about 10,000 um, downloads this week, so we know that you're listening. We know that you're watching. We know that you're paying attention, so continue to do that. Appreciate it. With me, as always, is John Podine and myself, Paul Sperlin, here with you to talk about some, some SEC football and some Tom Brokaw. See how I made that rhyme there, John? You sure did. I'm proud of you on that one, Paul. Thank you. Are, are, hey, are you having a good time? Are you having a good time? Everybody needs to understand that Paul right now is, is – it, is it sunny? Is it sunny, Florida? Uh, it's, it's sunny-ish. We've got a little clock coverage, but we're good. Paul is actually finally, for like the first time in about 17 years, has taken a vacation, everybody, so we need to write this down. And uh, he is enjoying the beach while trying to study his master's class. Exactly. The hardest time I'll take the entire time. And uh, I'm also holding my son while podcasting, so it's pretty awesome. Hey, we're glad we finally got Tyler Sperlin in here to, uh, to uh, be a guest, <laughs> guest host today. That's right. That's right. He's happy to be here. He's smiling and um, yep. excited. Well, Paul, so. you did mention that uh, mention Tom Brokaw. Um, he he was on our campus yesterday. Yeah, y'all had a little conversation with him yesterday, didn't you? How'd that go? It, it you know what you know he is he was um, he is somebody I know that journalism misses so much right now. Um, it, it is. Uh, he was a breath of fresh air to listen to. I remember uh, my parents would watch him on TV and things like this. And I know um, his political views may not line up with exactly what, you know, we would here at Faulkner, but you would never be able to tell. He was respectful of other people's things. And, and it was, oh, Paul, it was just a breath of fresh air of listening to one of these classic guys get up here and just talk and, and talk about, because, you know, he wrote that book, The Greatest Generation, and, and just how he yeah. looks at things. It's like, oh, a breath of fresh air that, that it reminds you back of like probably listening to your grandparents talk about people getting out and working and everybody. And he really encouraged our students and he talked about his battle with cancer. And, and uh, uh, my favorite part of hearing him talk yesterday was uh, when he talked about 9-11 and, and living in New York and, and getting there and reporting on it and having friends die in the World Trade Center. Oh, that was chilling. That's humbling, too, I'm sure. Yes. And so he he talked about some of the things that, you know, were big time, big things in his life. Like he talked about the Berlin Wall coming down and and reporting on it and um, interviewing people. And that it was it was it was really good. I know that they had a great night last night at the benefit dinner. And, uh, um, um, you know, it it was it was different because, you know, we've been kind of political the last few years with uh, well, we've had Carson been here. We have had mm-hmm. uh, former President Bush and his wife and Sarah Palin have been here. Uh, Bill O'Reilly's been here, and so this was this was, like I said, it, it was it was very wonderful to listen to him talk. Well, I know yesterday afternoon or Thursday afternoon, I think what day it is, Friday, um, that uh, before the whole thing that they had a conversation on campus and some students actually right. had a chance to ask him questions. What sort of questions did they ask, if you, if you remember? Well, they, they were great questions. Um, um, they have been asked anywhere. Israel, if I'm going to ask a question about, you know, 
his battle with cancer and how did that change his life? Did it, did he view life different because of that? Um, and what kind of, what kind of, uh, encouragement could you give to this new generation of things? Um, Tatiana Thompson asked a question about how, how would you think millennials have affected journalism? And it was very interesting. He got into a long discussion about social media and, how we have everything at the touch of our fingers and how media has changed. And he was, he was joking that he'll, he'll be in the elevator at NBC and in New York. And, you know, back in his days, they would all sit there and they're in the elevator. Oh, what store are you working on? Did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? And he said, hmm. nowadays you walk into the elevator and everybody's heads downs in the phone and nobody's saying a word to each other and they're going their separate directions. But he said, he said the millennials really have a chance to to really bring back journalism to the way it should be, especially with all the access with social media and and it was it was just really really eye opening and and fun to listen to. That's cool. That's neat. Um, well, uh, I, it was also his on campus. It's good to hear that that side of things, especially since he's actually seen most of everything. Um, yeah, it's got to be exciting and. To hear that um, from him face to face, that's got to be a pretty cool experience. Oh, very much so. Very much so. It was. Uh, um, he's still getting around very well. I did not realize his cancer had his cancer had really, really battled him as much as it had. And so just to see him up there and, and walking, and you can tell, you know, he still he still has a little pain that he deals with, and um, so he's uh, he's having a good time. That's good. That's good. Well, um, let's get into a little sports talk here. We have a short show here. I'm up here on the the twelfth floor, up here on the um, the terrace area of the Edgewater Resort here in uh, Destin, Florida. And I tell you what, I'm seeing a lot of Florida State flags, but not as many as Gator flags. John, the Florida Gators, man, they're making some serious headlines right now. Looks like I was right about my Wackaway kick there. Yeah, you know what? You have been. I, I will say um, games that we have played, you know, there's not a lot of difference in the last couple of years, even on offense and things like this, except some pieces. But I tell you, um, we're winning these games now. And you have a redshirt freshman quarterback, and there are times when he looks terrible for the first three quarters. And then that fourth quarter against uh, Tennessee, those last two drives, I mean, you would think he was uh, Peyton Manning or, uh, you know, with a Tennessee reference there, or a Tom Brady. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of how he brought well, it back. And it's a good thing that um, that uh, Tennessee's been going through this um, heart attack fourth quarter kind of scenario. Um, but that didn't hurt the Gators much either, I don't guess. No, that did, that definitely didn't hurt, hurt the Gators too much in that. Uh, we're still, of course – Got a young offensive line, and and you still still gonna have a lot of growing pains. We'll we'll have a very tough one starting this week. This really starts uh, Florida's gauntlet. Well, I mean, I guess you can really say the gauntlet's already started when you talk about the SEC because um, Florida picks up here with Ole Miss. Got LSU coming up, Georgia coming up. Um, mm. You know, you're talking about the three top teams in the SEC coming back to back to back, and um, so it, it it should be interesting here these next uh, few weeks. Of, of what their season is made of, but 
he's really he's really making a change. You know, they're making believers out of him, and and uh, it, it's going to be. I, I'm not. You know, hey, I'm very happy to be 4-0. I'm not delusional like some of the Gator fans are of like, hey, if we do this and we win this game and and uh, we could beat Georgia and we're heading, we're going to win the East and head down. The, okay, slow down, slow down a little bit. But uh, I'm very, I'm very happy with uh, with the job McElwain is doing. Well, John, stranger things have happened because even a even a Will Muschamp really bad team beat a really good Georgia team last year. So. Crazy things have happened. So we just have to I, I, wait and see. I'm afraid, speaking of Will Muschamp, I'm afraid that the Will Muschamp curse has made its way to the plains of Auburn. <laughs> you know, I didn't think it was a curse, but now I definitely believe it. I definitely uh, believe it. <laughs> poor thing. Uh, it's just a shame. Uh, and I, I don't want to say too many bad things about Auburn since I go to church for the most graduates. But, um, they're having a rough time. I mean, I was I was on that bandwagon. I really thought they'd make the final four. I thought all the things they were saying about Jeremy Johnson that reigned true. But uh, that guy's got a deer in a headlock look, and I'm not real sure he'll ever see the football anymore this year. I, you know, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, there's just a lot of been a lot of surprises so far. What has probably been has Auburn been the most uh, surprising uh, team that has shocked you so far in this uh, 2015 season? Well, if Auburn's the number one disappointment, number two for me would have to be Oregon. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, they've fallen off. I had them both in my final four. That's blown up. Uh, the only thing left for me is TCU, barely, and uh, and Clemson. And this weekend, we'll see with them another day. That should be a neat game to see and see who reigns supreme after that game is over. But, yeah, Oregon getting just demolished by, like, what? 30, 40 points by um, Utah? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I did not see that coming. Yeah, I did not see that coming. Well, I have to also add the team that also surprises me a little bit um, is Tennessee. Their fourth quarter collapses. And let's let's face it, they have caught it. But I will say after watching Tennessee play, they have that quarterback that can run. And if Florida would have tackled instead of trying to, to knock him out all the time, I'm not sure Tennessee would have scored as many points as they have because they have no passing game. They do not have a passing game in there now that I see them and have watched them play. But Tennessee has shocked me this year and been a disappointment so far this year. But I think those are probably the top three teams that I would say. Well, yeah, to to, to Tennessee's defense, and I usually don't come to this point in my life, Uh but to their defense, this this is not their year. This This was their year. They were going to be better, but Josh Dobbs, he's still just a, what, a sophomore or a junior, junior. He's not quite there yet. They still have a young team. Um, so I think next year it's probably going to be Tennessee's year. But, and that's if they allow that coach to last. Because if you think about it, Jones, uh, his, his uh, record right now is the very same as Derek Dewey's when he was uh, asked to leave um, Tennessee. So uh, we sh- the future is going to be very interesting when it comes to them. They need to wait. They got wait one more year, and I really right. think they'll see some things there. Well, uh, you know, um, we got a couple of games that we're going to be talking about today. That a um, couple of teams that have surprised us, and a couple of things that are um, a couple of big games coming up this weekend that really going to have some. Um, it, it really starts to impl- and settle and plant down what the SEC is going to turn out and look like this year. 
you got big games sure. with Florida and Ole Miss. Um, that's going to put one of these teams back on the um, outside looking in and having to start the win out. You got Alabama and Georgia. If Alabama loses, does that mean they're basically done with the SEC West? Um, you know, you got a lot of couple. These are some big separations. You know, we talk about separation Saturdays, but it's almost we're at the point now in the SEC conference schedule that every Saturday is turning into separation Saturday. That's true. Absolutely true. Um, yeah, there's a lot to be said of what happens now. I'm going to give you a little little um, research analysis here on this. And, and let's just keep it real. And I don't want to sound too much like a bammer. Oh, don't put that rock in your mouth. Come here. All right. Ole Miss. They beat yep. Alabama by six points. Six by points six when Alabama points. was completely terrible. They, they gave Ole Miss the game. Well, look at it. Um, Jack Joker, when he starts a game, they win the game. He didn't start that game. Right. Alabama put in um, put in um, that Cooper Bateman on purpose because Ole Miss wasn't prepared for Cooper Bateman. Unfortunately, well, for Cooper Bateman wasn't prepared for Ole Miss. <laughs> well, from the very first kickoff, Cooper Bateman didn't get a chance to get in there to play right off the bat because Alabama had a couple of the ball. I know. That's true. Absolutely on true. On the kickoff. So, so, 24 points, John. 24 points Ole Miss had. Off of five turnovers that Alabama gave them, Alabama didn't get that back. They never got those back, and they still came back within 30 seconds. To come back and hey, so I want you to I want you to think about this. I want you to really think about this. They won by six points, correct? Correct. You remember the play? It was a high snap. Kelly was going back, and two Alabama oh defenders hit him. He's almost on his back. He just throws the ball up. It, it's tipped and knocked around and falls into the hands of uh, the Ole Miss receiver who takes and runs it for a touchdown. That is the difference in your game. That is how lucky Ole Miss was against against Alabama. That's true. That's true. And all that being said, they're going to need the luck again, I think, against against Florida because you think so? I don't think Florida. I don't think they're going to put the ball on the ground five times. I really don't. That's the difference in the game. So, you're correct. I just, um, I, I, I think, I'm curious. Yes. I'm curious about the Ole Miss-Florida game. I think our defense will be like Alabama's. I really don't think Ole Miss did too, too much against Alabama's defense. Alabama's defense were, were in some bad plays. They have – I think they ended up having, what, 17 points off of turnovers, if I remember right. That's what Ole Miss 24. did. 24. 24. All 24 points off of turnovers. So, uh, it, it's um, – um, that um, um, if if Florida can keep it where they don't put the defense in a bad situation and, and their defense will wrap up, which I'm pretty sure after last week against um, Tennessee, um, not tackling very well, I'm sure they went back to, to uh, learn some fundamentals about how to tackle. And I tell you, a matchup that I'm excited to watch in this game is the receiver Ole Miss Treadwell versus Vernon Hargraves III and see who wins that matchup. That is going to be uh, a, a, ma- a major matchup of top five picks maybe in the next draft. Yeah, and also, and you don't want me to go here, uh, number five, Kim Dietschy going through that uh, freshman offensive line of Florida. Yeah. Uh, and, that's and that's going to be what, tough. Yes, 
And that, that is something that really concerns me is um, the, the um, offensive line. They look, let's, let's say, let's be honest, they are young. They are still learning. They aren't as strong as, you know, two- and three-year SEC players. They've done great so far, but you're getting ready to get into some huge, great defensive lines. And, and Kandichi, look, let's be honest, Kandichi's a beast. He's a man. He is a beast. No a 300, over 300 pounds, he moves like he's 200 pounds. And, and yeah. I, I'm really concerned about that. Will Greer seems to get a little shell shot and takes off and runs, um, probably when he could throw. And so that's my concern is can Gator offense generate some offensive momentum? I think our defense will keep us in the game, but that's going to be the question. Can the offensive line give him enough time to be able to uh, to uh, score some points. Right, right. Well, we've talked a lot about breaking down Florida and uh, Ole Miss. Is there anything else you'd like to say about this game before you make a pick? Well, um, no, I'm curious to see. Um, I'm really curious to see. I don't think Kelly is that good of a quarterback as he is being made out to be, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think he's He's definitely got the talent. I'm not sure that um, – I'm not sure because, uh, you know, there's, there's, another, there's another defensive line in this game, too, that, that is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's That's pretty true. good as well. So, um, it, I think, you know, it, it's just going to be interesting. The game's going to come down to the Florida offensive line versus Ole Miss's defensive line, and mm, that's going to be a challenge for the Gators. Yeah. Well, I'll give you um, I'll give you the last last chance to do this. I'll go first. Um, uh, I think both um, quarterbacks um, are young but good. I think um, I think both offensive lines are young. Uh, Very I think much. It comes down to, to the defenses and what they can stop, what they can't, and I think they're not going to stop much. So I'm going to say um, Gators over the Rebels. Yes, I said Rebels. Sorry, the Black Bears, whatever. Um, Twenty-four. To 17. 24 to 17. Wow. Paul, yeah. I gotta pay you. I gotta give you some props on that on that pick there. Um, I just just with my my experience and watching and seeing Ole Miss against Alabama, I just they didn't they have some talent. Don't get me wrong, but they capitalized on the mistakes. And if they let them send the ball over, Florida wins that game. Well, and that's where if you look at their game last week against Vandy, Vandy. You know, came up with turnovers and they struggled. Only they struggled. Of course, there are a lot of teams that struggle against Bandy, but Bandy never seems to beat them. I think because people aren't prepared for them. So I, I do. I think it comes down to the defense. I think um, um, that I probably maybe one advantage that um, Ole Miss does have is that they've already played a big game away uh, in you know playing Alabama, and um, so maybe they would get used to it. Um, but, of course, I'm going to go with my Gators. I think it's going to be a close game. I'm, I'm going to give you a weird score. I'm going to say it's going to be something like 17 to 15. Wow. Ole Miss is going to kick five field goals. That's all they're going to get. <laughs> okay, cool. I hope you're right. That would be great. That would be great. Well, while we're talking about Ole Miss, let's switch it over. And I got a little parallel I want to share with you. Um, when Ole Miss came into Tuscaloosa, 
Everybody talks about their high potent offense. They put up 70 points per game. That's yeah, against the, the school, against the school of the deaf and the blind. Yeah, exactly. That's why pretty much nobody. Well, tell me this. Who has Georgia played? Uh, Vanderbilt. And they beat them by, what, a couple of touchdowns, maybe 10 points. Then they right. beat uh, Southern. And I right. believe it was Fresno State. I believe uh, – or that type of caliber right. of, of program. Um, so, Georgia really hasn't played their big-time game yet. I mean – right. We're really not sure what's happened. Now, I realize that uh, – is it Grayson Lambert right there? Grayson um, Lambert, yep. He can throw 20 passes when you're, not, when you're playing in a terrible South Carolina team, a garbage South Carolina team. Um, and that's okay, but you're not playing them anymore. And right. if Alabama has learned what they learned before, hold on to the stinking football. <laughs> Don't talk unless you have to. Um, I think it gives Alabama – I'm not going to say the edge, but it's going to give them a shot for this game. Georgia is um, favored, and they should be. They're at home. They're undefeated. Um, you got Chubb. Then that, there's probably not another, maybe Fournette. Uh, when, when you get to uh, running back, Derrick Henry's okay, but not the same. Uh, but I'll I tell you what, I really think that this is going to be a really good, hard-hitting, um, revenge-type game again, and we'll see what happens. This is going to be a classic. This is going to be the, a classic SEC game of defense and running the ball. Um, Grayson Lambert. Okay, look, he set an NCAA record or whatever a couple weeks ago. You're right, Paul. He's he is completing 75% of his passes. He's not going to complete 75% of his passes against Alabama. Um, he when he transferred from Virginia, he it was just over a 50% uh, passage completion rate for his career. I think he was at 54%. So he is not a 75% um, passer. He's just, you're correct. He's played against teams like Southern, who, you know, ACA may be able to score against. Um, that's how bad it may be. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ACA finally get a score in. Um, yeah. you, you know, I, I think you're right. This is going to come down to – and it may not even be Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb. This may come down to which best team has the best number two tailback, with Drake and Michelle yeah. for um, for, um, for, um, for Georgia. That's yeah. where I think it actually may come down to, is is what happens with the second running back on each team. I think personally, and and, I, and I'm going with this. I, I agree with you. Uh, Georgia, in my opinion, hasn't been tested. The Vandy game, I think, is, um, according to everything I've heard from my sources back in Georgia, is that, like I have sources, um, everything that I have heard is um, Rick tied Bobo's hand. Not Bobo. Bobo's gone. Thank goodness. Um, um, <laughs> Schottenheimer's hand Schottenheimer, yeah. until, until after the Vandy game. Then he said, okay, now let's unleash it. And then that's when you saw Grayson Lambert have this big game. Georgia looks like a total different team. So we will see what will show up. But I will, I will, I'll, if you want me to, I'll go ahead and go first with this. Yeah. I am going to go. Um, you, you may be happy with this, Paul, since, since, since we're picking each other. I'm going to go with Alabama. I think Alabama is going to come in there. I think it'll be a slobber knocker game. It, it could be another 9 6 game like we used to have with LSU type of thing. 
Yeah. I, I think it's going to be it's going to be a fourteen ten type of ball game. Wow. I see that. I agree with that completely. You know, in two thousand eight, Alabama went to Georgia to take on the um, Bulldogs. Yeah. And it was a blackout, blackout game. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping so much for another one of those. I wish they'd go blackout because Georgia was favored in that game. They weren't. That was the last time that they were that Alabama was favored against. So this is uh, <laughs> kind of a big deal if you look at history. So, oh, I, uh, I remember that. I remember that because I was living back in Georgia then, and and of course you know got all the friends over there that were Georgia fans, and and uh, and lady lady that was a good friend of mine, you know at that point. Um, she was a huge Georgia fan, and and of course I said, "Hey, you can't count out Alabama." Oh no, they're going to beat them. They're gonna, it's going to be it's going to be great. And then when Alabama came in and smashed them, I just had to sit there with a little grin on my face and I told you so. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, you hear him. <laughs> We're going to have the you grand Poupon join us today on the podcast. I don't know. You want to say hello? <laughs> Just say hello. Hey, baby. Oh, great. Um, Philip Hines just said, hey, baby. We're glad that Philip Hines could join us today on our podcast for everybody to be able to hear, and uh, we'll make sure we'll take this out. The part of the American, it was. So, uh, <laughs> you have to know what that means. Oh, no, I do. But, uh, Anyway, well, Paul, um, what do you think of the score is going to end up being of that game? Oh, I don't. I mean, obviously, I'm a. I won't have to win this game. Uh, Georgia's going to come. And as much as I hate to admit it, I read a little bit about this, and it's out there. Everybody's going to feel like um, a little bit of drama surrounding the Bama. Uh, and, uh, and we'll get into that after I give my pick. I don't think it'll affect the game any. Uh, I do know the defense, uh, Ragland and Allen, Alex Jones, uh, called an all-players all meeting this week. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, prompted by players. So uh, the last time that happened, they won the national championship after losing to LSU. So hopefully that will get, come back again. Uh I think that Jake Coker starts to run the quarterback. I think he makes some rush downfield. That's been a big problem for him, connecting downfield. But I think it happens this week. I think it has to because they're going to plug that hole. They're going to make uh, Henry earn it. And uh, Derrick Henry, really, uh, he's good, but he's good in space. He's not very good when it comes down to find his holes, and uh, that offensive line has got to work. So um, I'm going to say Bama wins this game. I'm with you, though. I don't think it's a high-scoring game, but I am going to go with sort of a 24-21 kind of a, kind of a look on that, I think. It's going to be close, and I think uh, Adam Griffin's going to have to pull us out for me in Hey, come on, Griffin. Come on. Get back into Georgia there and, and, and do something a little bit, right? Well, he's been getting back on the track here last week. He got he hit uh, two or three uh, field goals last week. And, um, Monroe, but uh, hopefully he can he can do that there. So, uh, yeah. Here's what I found out. Uh, inside um, NFL insiders say that uh, the Colts are talking to Saban. And at a banquet a few months ago, Saban actually mentioned the words, 
if I had had a Drew Brees type quarterback in Miami, I never would have left. Um, yeah, big. So it is, and Andrew Luck is a young Drew Brees, and he just needs somebody to coach him up. Um, Ursay, the owner of the Colts, they've been talking about completely the the staff are just starting scratch. Now, I don't know how you do that in the middle of the year, but um, I'm afraid that may be something that will be dwindling around the island. Um, well, I, don't, I don't see how Saban could leave Alabama, at least not in the middle of the year, of doing anything like that. I, I just I don't think he would ever do anything like that. I do think he's more of a man of his word for that. But you know what? You know how the rumors, you know, since we're talking about rumors, you know, he may want to leave to get his offensive coordinator away from his daughter, according to all the rumors, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I, I don't know if anything came of that, but, but, yeah, I definitely saw that was, uh, that was something to consider as well. Either way, Stephen's gone this year, and he won't be back, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I'm afraid I, – I, I'm afraid that if, you know, of course – Alabama's got coaches that can come in and come in and coach and play, but yeah. I wonder if all of this and, and now this little talk about Ursay and the Colts coming up, you know, I hope it doesn't distract Alabama. I don't think it will because, you know, they're, they got a game and this is a big game to come through. So I think it'll be good. It'll be an interesting off season in Tuscaloosa, though. That's for sure. Hey, there's one, you know, there is one thing I'm going to say. Speaking of, you know, since you're talking about things that are being said, do you know what is so special about the Ole Miss-Florida game on Saturday? I do not. Well, and of course, it wasn't when we were playing Ole Miss, but uh, tomorrow is the 50th anniversary of Gatorade. When, when oh, the, really? When the... When the uh, when the uh, doctors that were working at the University of Florida created it, and mm-hmm. uh, 50th, 50th anniversary. Wow. So tomorrow, in the game, everybody needs to sugar up. That's right. That's exactly right. And so and that little tidbit to kind of throw in there. Also, got another little tidbit I like to throw in there, too, Paul, is that, uh, you know, Faulkner plays tomorrow, and Faulkner is 3-0, and ranked number three in the nation. And they wow. beat up on Georgetown last weekend, 44 to nothing. Their first shutout in, in school history. Am I correct on that one? That's, that is correct. Against a team that does not like us very much. Awesome. They play Campbellsville tomorrow. Um, you know, we're, we're becoming a uh, an infirmary. We have a lot of people that are hurt, so hopefully we can make it through there. But it's set up because uh, in a couple of weeks, we uh, have a game against Lindsey Wilson, and Lindsey Wilson is ranked number one in the nation. We're number three. So that, be, that says a lot about our conference. But we got some big games coming up. Faulkner looks very good. And we're just hoping we can host one of those, uh, one of those playoff games this year. And make yeah, a run. I love Lindsey Wilson and Faulkner. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, man. That's a lot, a lot of cool things to look at uh, this weekend. I do want to start the, the guessing game. Uh, I'll say the wish list. First of all, wish number one is I don't want Saban to leave Alabama. But if he does, uh, who would be his replacement? Um, I know that Kirby Smart just thinks it's going to be his. Um, and maybe he deserves an interview. But I think that Dabo Swinney would be a good 
option and bring wow. a Bama boy back. A lot of energy, a lot of positive energy, and a very, um, you know, a player's coach loves to let loose, let his hair down, but also really get into it. And I think that would be a big shot in the arm for, for Alabama. Completely different look from what they had in the past. I think yeah. Well, it would be it would be it would be awesome. It would be something that would be awesome to consider. Um, you know, I think everybody automatically thinks it's going to be Kirby Smart um, since he's been there and been loyal this whole time. Um, uh, I think if Kirby Smart doesn't get it, that he'll leave. That he'll be gone. Yeah. Um, yes, he will. And because, I mean, I think he's held off of taking head coaching jobs to see, you know, to sit there with Saban and kind of be the heir apparent to him. Um, uh, Definitely would be an unbelievable hire if they could get him. Yeah. Um, So we'll just have to see. We'll have to see how it plays out. Um, I think you're going to have some interesting – I don't think there will be as much uh, turnover in the SEC coaching-wise this year. Um, I think everybody's doing very, very well. Um, Mark Stoops got a big win last weekend against Missouri. And, of course, Kevin Sumlin's still doing it. I think Brett Bielema out of Arkansas, that'll be the question mark probably. And the guy at Vanderbilt, if they give Vanderbilt guy one more year, because, boy, yeah. man, he's been a train wreck. Yeah, Derek Mason. Well, and a guy at Tennessee, Coach um, Jones. Coach Jones, yep. If they lose many more games, I don't think they're going to take it. You know, it's got to be said something that that on their chat board this year, you have this past week after their loss to Florida, you have their fans crying, almost wishing they had Kiffin back. So, boy, that's got to say something <laughs> bad about it. That is bad. But uh, I don't know if it's it might go back in there last year and beat them. So we'll see how that turns out this year. Hey, also, don't forget, we get to the board off, off there. We're going to mention this. The battle for the best quarterback in the conference. Who do you think wins that one? That's going to be very interesting. I, I'm shocked with Texas a and I've got to be honest with you. I've been, I've been completely shocked. And, um, and so I probably would lean toward them. I, I didn't think they would be as good as they are. But watching them play and watching him start to compete, um, I, I lean toward Texas A&M right now. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you. Uh, I love that best guy. He is the most beautiful guy. He does a lot around it. And um, he is doing in the college what uh, Cam Newton is doing in the pros. He's having to do it himself because all the guys are getting hurt. And then, and That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, sure anything is. else we need to mention um, before the th- this show ends? No, I think um, I think we're pretty good. I think we're uh, um, excited. I'm excited to see what's coming up, and uh, you know, we'll just keep on pressing. Well, I am Justin. First vacation I've had forever. It's an evil thing, whoever invented it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you get a vacation and uh, you know, be safe coming back. And 
hopefully pretty soon we'll have some announcements about what we're going to be doing with our podcast here in, in the future. And, and we've got to remind everybody that uh, yesterday started uh, registration, open registration for exposure. So get your registration in so you can be guaranteed to be in the industry. We are excited, and uh, we're looking forward to this year. Paul, do you have any updates on that by any chance? Have you been checking I in do. on that while you've been down there? I do. <laughs> I've got thirty phone calls slash emails and texts. Registration and making sure it's rolling. It is rolling, and half of the embassy is probably full. So, wow. Um, so it's they are in a hurry on that. Here's the equation to remember: registration plus payment. One without the other does not get you in the hotel. You have to have them both. We have a PayPal account online. We also have some checks. Three six one zero nine, and we will put you in line. Um, Without that, um, you know, we'll put you where we put you, I guess. That is correct, my brother. Yeah. Now. Um, John mentioned the podcast. Things are changing with this podcast. We uh, putting information out, the way in which we could, whether you hear it or see it or both. It's going to be going. It's going to be great when we get it all all working there, and uh, we'll let you more know more about that in the future, and uh, uh, we're just grateful that you tune in and listen to us, especially our loyal our loyal listener, Brett, who is always here week in, week out. Love that guy. Don't forget, everybody, if you will, please um, download or go to the website, take advantage of all the free resources there, and also the free app, um, having the AIM series available 24-7. If you haven't tried it, if you need to, it'll... Happy out for eight, eight school weeks. Good discussion and some other things coming up soon. Another podcast. Podcast and, and a techie podcast, some other things. So check that out. And uh, follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at John and Paul Show. Send us an email at John and Paul Show at gmail.com and we'll give you some ideas. And we'll love to bring you in uh, on our show. Hey, uh, John Pronine. My name is Paul Sproul. Thank you for we bid you a good day. Thank you.